1: Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
2: Get in on the action
1: with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. You guys know that my other sport is the NBA, and there is no better sport to gamble on. Football's fun, college basketball's fun, but the NBA is great. You've got some high-scoring games, some great prop bets to make, you can do it all on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MANIX. The crown is yours.
0: Bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash promos for deposit wagering and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: This is boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with
0: interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing.
1: When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's
0: Chris Mannix.
1: All right, second podcast this week. Starting to like doing two podcasts. Starting to like getting more content out onto the podcast feed. If you missed the earlier episode, it was a conversation with Paul Spatafora, the former lightweight champion whose career was plagued by demons, by drug and alcohol issues, just a lot of things were going on in the life of Paul Spatafora while he was one of the top lightweights in all the boxing. We'll get into all of that in the last episode, so go back, check that out if you haven't heard it yet. This week's episode, or this episode, that you're about to listen to right now, more of a meat and potatoes boxing discussion. I am down in Orlando, Florida, the site of the Edgar Berlanga-Patrick McGrory super middleweight fight. A lot on the line for Edgar Berlanga in this one. He has got to come up, not just with a win, but a big win, an emphatic win, uh, to put himself in the mix for big fights against Canelo Alvarez, against Jaime Munguia, all the top-tier guys at 168. His promoter, Eddie Hearn, joins me to sit down and talk about that. We get into all the gossip, all the rumors that have flooded social media about Canelo Alvarez over the last couple of days. Eddie offers his insight into that. We also talk about the making of the Ryan Garcia-Devin Haney fight. The press tour for that event is going to be next week in New York. In LA, I'll be at the New York stop for that fight. Then, Berlanga. What does Eddie Hearn need to see from Edgar Berlanga in this big matchup with Patrick McCrory? A little bit later on, Berlanga himself drops by. And Look, we get into the Quigley fight, which was a... You know, look, it was a clear win, but not one that left a lot of people overly impressed with Edgar Berlanga. We talk about some of the changes that he's made and why he feels like he's at his best right now going into this fight. So stick around for that. Eddie Hearn, Edgar Berlanga, two really good conversations on the show. One quick housekeeping note. Uh, I mentioned on the last episode, we are looking into doing a live show in advance of the Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney fight, uh, I was surprised to learn this week that that fight would be in New York. I'd been expecting it to be in Las Vegas over the last uh, couple of weeks since that fight came together. Uh, It will be in New York at the Barclays Center, which actually is even better for doing a live show. A lot of people in New York City, a lot of people in and around New York City. Easy city to get to if you want to come to this Garcia-Haney fight. I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to do a live show either Friday or or maybe even Saturday afternoon before the Haney Garcia fight. I, and I still want to get the feedback of this audience on that. Uh, if we do a live show, would you be interested in going? Would you buy a ticket? Would you want to be there and sit there for an hour, hour and a half and listen to me and to Sergio and a whole bunch of other boxing people talk boxing for, you know, an hour or so uh, on this, uh, this feed. So, Let me know what you think. Get at me either in the comments on Apple Podcasts, social media. Bunch of you have commented to me already. Love the feedback. Love this audience. You guys are as passionate as any audience in the podcast business. So I would love to get to hear from you as to whether or not you'd be interested in going to a live show. All right. So there's that. Now, here is my conversation with Eddie Hearn. eBay Motors is here for the ride.
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, Eddie Hearn is here. Matchroom Boxing's got a big show this weekend, headlined by super middleweight Edgar Berlanga, going up against Patrick McCrory. A fight you can watch live on zone. Eddie is with me for his semi regular state of boxing appearance. And I know you've got your British guys, your Coogans, your Parsons, but. <laughs> you're right up there this now. This is Chris. the American yeah. audience you're tapping you're, into. You're right. right up there now. We are 40, 50,000 strong every week, Eddie. There you go. We need this this, Welcome. Uh, Welcome, everybody. this conversation. We're actually thinking about doing a live show in New York before Garcia Haney. Would right. you appear at the Absolutely. live show? Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. If I'm not kicked out by Oscar by then. That's, you know. that's, that's a separate conversation <laughs> there.
1: Um, I want to get into this fight. You can hear the music in the background. Berlanga McRory Wayne about to start here in Orlando. Um, but the news that is running rampant on social media is what is next for Canelo Alvarez. It's everywhere. And there are like breadcrumbs being dropped by everyone out there. You had Canelo on Instagram posting... A picture at a poker table that had Omaha on it, which led people to believe that Terrence Crawford (laughs) was in the mix. You have Samson Lukowitz out there saying they have made an offer in excess of $55 million for Canelo to fight David Benavidez. Then just today, you've got Eddie Reynoso saying no one, including you, Eddie Hearn, has offered uh, Canelo a fight against David Benavidez. So as we sit here on Friday, what do you know about the future of Canelo Alvarez? Um,
4: I know that he'll fight anybody I mean that's the first thing you know, I've, I've worked with him long enough to know that I know that he's a, a smart businessman I know he doesn't like to mess around he doesn't like to be messed around as well um, but if I'm looking at it commercially the fight for him right now is Jaime Munguia you know, I think that's a, a massive fight um, Munguia was fantastic against Ryder, he stopped John Ryder it's an all Mexican fight the Benavidez fight is huge as well um, and, and you know, even Edgar Belanga, you know, a fight that could be huge with Mexico, Puerto Rico. I appreciate Edgar's got to look good this weekend, may need another flagship win, but, you know, I don't see why not. So I think at the stage that Sal's at now, he wants people that come to fight. He wants probably younger people with ambition that come to actually give the public great fights because I think he's probably feeling a little bit frustrated that people keep coming to fight him that don't actually try and walk him down, engage and try and win the fight. Mm. You know, Particularly in the, the last fight against Charlo. And I think he probably feels that in the next fight potentially against the brother that would happen again. Mm. And let's be honest who wants to see that fight? So mm. he's obviously in the middle of a agreement or a promise from PBC and I guess it's a case of whether they can deliver on their promises. Um, I honestly never known him to not accept a fight to turn down a fight to say no to anybody but it's got to make sense and you know i'm, I'm guess, guessing they've had a plan mm. but the plan might have deviated mm. and, and now it's up to sell to see what his next move is why do you think that the benavidez fight is not an obvious fight for him because even
1: if the 55 million is not true it's probably still the biggest purse he mm. can get to fight anyone at super middleweight or below benavidez is the most accomplished guy he hasn't fought yet and to your point he comes to fight he's not going mm. to be you know running the way Jamel charlotte why is that fight in your mind with what you know not the obvious uh oh it's the
4: ob- you know it is the obvious fight but obviously they had a plan mm. you know when they sat down on this three-fight plan by the sounds of things they didn't sign an agreement that had david benavidez in it otherwise sal would be taking that fight so you know, like, I've spoke to Sao a couple of times. I know he'd take the David Benavides fight. Absolutely no problem with that at all. He, I think he's excited by that fight. He's excited by Munguiri. He's excited by Belanga Because he, he's excited by people that come to fight. He's also earned the right to do whatever he wants. Like, he's done everything in the sport. He's created all the legacies. won all the championships. And he's going to take the fights he wants to fight. But I reiterate, those are the fights that excite him. And I know the Benavides fight would excite him, but... He's obviously in the middle now of a, like I said, a, a, I don't know a contract or a plan or a promise, mm. and if the promise or plan falls apart, maybe you don't see the Benavides fight. Mm. So, you know, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. Him and Eddie Reynoso, smart operators, and you know, I'm sure they'll make the right moves. To your point, he signed a three fight deal
1: with PBC. Do you get any sense that it might not be a three fight deal with PBC, and that? You know, if he's going to do Munguia Berlanga fights, that brings him back to your neck of the woods. Yeah,
4: I mean, firstly, we never had anything official. on I did say this at the time. You know, uh, Sal's always been against, you know, especially over the last three or four years, signing a longer-term deal. I think the, the longest one we did with him was two. Um, so I was a bit surprised when I heard the three. I don't know, you know, the, the legalities of it. Um, but if there's a plan that was originally not being... Adhered to or 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 potentially deviated upon He could make another move mm. obviously we can make the Jaime Munguia fire instantly mm-hmm. on the zone uh, Munguia is exclusive to the zone with golden boy So that's an obvious move to make we also have Edgar Belanger, but you know I, I think so will you know Certainly look to keep his some of his independence to be able to do basically what he wants mm.
1: So you had a brief flirtation with Gervonta Davis that was one of several flirtations you've had <laughs> yeah. with Javante Davis over the years. What was your reaction when it was reported that Gervonta is going to face Frank Martin some point in the next few months?
4: Yeah, um, I don't know really. I don't have too much to say on it. I mean, look, we made Javante an offer with a you know eight-figure eight minimum with plenty of upside. Could have made him up to probably twenty million dollars to fight Conor Ben. I thought. <laughs> I actually thought. You know, I mean, look. I think Conor Ben's a really good fighter, but he hasn't yet beat anyone of elite world level. And I think that's why Gervonta called him out and said, that's easy work for me. But bit strange when they're not really willing to even sit down and entertain a conversation to mm. fight a guy that they may, you know, uh, call out as easy work. Mm. So Frank Martin, yeah, I mean, I don't know, is it a good fight? Yeah, I guess so. Not really, I know Frank Martin, don't think anybody else really does. Mm. But... He's going to do what he's going to do. You know, I think some people are very good at talking to people and convincing people that they need to, you know, (laughs) stay in their lane and do this rather than actually going and have a sensible business conversation with somebody else. Mm. You can really pollute someone's mind. You know, I mean, bear in mind, I've met Javonta Davis for about two minutes in my life and we had a really nice conversation just before the weigh-in when he beat Pedraza for the world title. Like the fact that he's not even willing to open up a conversation for 20 or 25 million dollars in a fight that, you know, he probably thinks is quite straightforward for him, mm. just shows you the pollution that exists in boxing. But these are smart people, mm. you know, and they like to, you know, make sure that people don't deviate from the original plan that mm. might have been set in about eight years ago. Mm.
1: So, where do you turn now with Connor Ben? It was just a few weeks ago you said there was plans to have an appeal over in the UK I don't know if there's any kind of new information on that but regardless where do you turn now with Conor Ben?
4: um I think that Conor Ben has plenty of options you know some are realistic some are not realistic you know you saw Danny Garcia come out in the the week and you know I think that that's a great fight Danny Garcia has huge credibility in the US huge credibility in the UK one of our preferred fights is actually Marios Barros you know, he's, he's WBC Interim Welterweight World Championship. That's a fight that could put him in a great position at 147 pounds. Obviously, there's the Eubank debacle. There's Liam Smith. There's Kell Brook. They're all UK fights that we'll see if a possible pending this uh, appeal coming up. You is know? that
1: coming up? Like, I mean, it's yeah, it's been s- done. It's been done. So we wait on a decision. You're waiting now. on a yeah, decision. Yeah, okay. which
4: is apparently, I don't know, two weeks. But we've <laughs> okay. heard two weeks many times before. Yeah. So it's imminent. And you're probably. optimistic? Yeah, as we've been told. I mean, he won the case. Mm been told that he'll win the appeal, but anything can happen. So mm. that'll determine where he fights next. If it's in the UK, then you know the names that I mentioned are all are all possible, but if it's in the US it'll be more of a specific opponent. Mm. But you know, I do like the Mario Barros fight. I think it's a really competitive fight and a fight that really will position him at world honors rather than just a big name, you know?
1: Yeah and Barros is probably going to become the full champion because I don't think Terrence Crawford's going to fight him and eventually the WBC I would imagine would move him up. And He's not going to get that Boots Ennis fight now because it sounds like Cody Crowley is in yeah. line for that fight. So that's a pretty good fight uh, to make. Um, straight after this event, you are headed to New York for the press conference of Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney, uh, working with your old pal Oscar for this kind event. Of, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's, I'm sure they're really asking yeah. your opinion on a lot yeah, of things yeah. right now. Um, I was a little bit surprised this fight got made because you've oh, got very, two guys yeah. that... You know, make a lot of money and have Listen, big egos. But you know,
4: firstly, joke, jokes aside, I'll, I'll be there to support Devin and zone. You know, a lot of the work has been done by Bill Haney and Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there to support him and have been. And, and it's a, it's really, a Devin's done fantastically well to land this fight because I do think it's the perfect fight for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an easy fight, by the way. I think actually the style of Ryan Garcia is actually quite difficult for, for Devin in terms of who he could fight. Mm-hmm. Like, his reflexes are good. He's fast. He can punch. He's young. You know um and i think devin will have his work i expect him to win um but i think it's like i have to take my hat off to ryan garcia as well because he's a big name he didn't have to take this fight he fought tank he came back with a win and this is his chance to you know really establish himself win a world title against arguably the most difficult man to be in boxing now pound mm-hmm. for pound you know devin is a fantastic tactician A very bright fighter. I actually love the move to take the fight to the Barclays Center Mm. in Brooklyn. I think, you know, people say, oh, why is this fight not in Vegas? Not every fight has to go in Las Vegas. And if Canelo boxes there on May the 4th, Mm. you know, why not take it to New York? Brooklyn and Barclays Center is a great venue. And I think it will do really well. That fight is for a 140 pound title.
1: You recently signed Subriel Matias, who has another version of that belt. What are your plans for matias over the next couple of fights i was reading Liam Paro now out
4: of not necessarily okay yeah, not necessarily i mean look matching sabriel matias is, is not easy like when i signed him the amount of people that came up to me in boxing and went wow now that is amazing i've heard signing. similar things there's yeah he's a he's a real tough, bad man yeah. i mean so for me i want to give him that homecoming fight in puerto rico in june get him a top 15 name really start pushing his profile, because you see, in boxing, everybody's going to use the excuse of, oh, you know, not enough people know who he is. Do you know what I mean? Not enough people know who, you know, uh, what's the value in fighting him, even with a world title, Mm. because that's the excuse I would make Mm. if I didn't represent Subriel Matias.
1: Well, you went through this with Demetrius Andrade for about four years. exactly.
4: Yeah, but this, the difference with this is, Demetrius is tricky. Mm. Subriel is dangerous. Yeah. And I don't know a lot of people, big names, that will be willing to put it on the line against him for the title, even though, like if he didn't have a title, Mm. he'd be in no man's land. Mm. But he's got a world title that gives him a lot of leverage. Now what we've got to do is increase his profile, shout with a megaphone, let everybody know this is a real, you know, a Puerto Rican great. Mm. We've got to take him home to Puerto Rico. We've got to do 15,000 tickets. He's got to be in a fantastic fight, thrill the audience. And then we move with momentum to try and secure a bigger name for the next one. And if that's not a unification fight, it's a Regis Progre or it's a Jose Ramirez or it's, you know, those kind of guys, you know, even a Jack Cattrell, Josh Taylor winner, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I'm this guy will fight anyone and he's one of those guys that you represent and you know you can just throw in mm-hmm. and he's got a great, great chance in every fight that exists in boxing.
1: I'm sure... Richardson Hitchens, who listens to this show, is wondering where he fits in right, in that Manny fights potentially, yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
4: So is that something? Yeah, that's a shoe in, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, his fight against Lemos is a final eliminator, mm-hmm. and if Richardson wants to fight Matias, look, that's a that's a really good matchup mm-hmm. because Richardson is an outstanding fighter, smart fighter, and although Matias is strong and dangerous and a, a huge puncher, Richardson's very difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like the same kind of score as Devin. I mean, look, the winner of Devin Haney against Ryan Garcia against Subriel Matias in the unification mm-hmm. is another big matchup. But that's a really risky fight. Mm-hmm. But Devin and, and Richardson, they're the kind of guys with the skills that are going to cause Subriel probably the most issues.
1: Are you and Devin going to be able to avoid Sandro Martin to keep that belt? Well,
4: you know, I think, I think that's tough. They've got him to, to you know, have a rest and yeah. stand by, <laughs> but it won't last forever. Yeah. But, you know. I want to see unifications. I want to see people win all the belts, but at the same time, you want to see the best fights, you know, Mm -hmm. and even Cattrall against Taylor, we sold out on the first day, you know, Mm -hmm. like 10, 11,000 tickets. Incredible. Yeah. No belt, you know, great narrative, great Mm -hmm. history, but it just, just shows you Javante against Ryan, Mm -hmm. you know, no belt, but every fighter wants to win a world championship. Every fighter wants to unify.
1: Spicy press tours for both. Absolutely. Absolutely. Certainly. Um, let's talk about this card coming up on Saturday night. You have had a lot of fun antagonizing Keyshawn Davis when it comes to Andy Cruz I think I saw a video of you saying basically you'll fight him for effectively free you'll Mm -hmm. pay Andy Mm -hmm. Cruz send him over to ESPN do a fight with Keyshawn Davis um Andy looked great Mm. his last time out that's to me that was exactly what you needed to see from Andy Cruz get an early knockout and start to build his profile but you've experienced this with with young fighters and even though Andy's on a fast track how do you get guys to fight him? Because well, that's, 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 that's going to be a challenge.
4: Yeah, it's the same thing we talked about, Subriel Matias. Like, they'll use the excuse of, oh, he's, he's a Cuban. No one knows yeah. who he is. Like, a lot of people are talking about Andy Cruz. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found it really interesting that Keyshawn was told off last night. You know, he put a tweet out saying, send me an offer straight after the fight and I'll accept it. And he deleted <laughs> it about 10 minutes later. It's which, a Javante is move. which is basically a phone call from top rank to say, take that down now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and listen, Keyshawn would fight him. No doubt. He's a fighter, you know, but he will be told by Brad Goodman and people who really know their boxing over at top rank. Your pal Karl already. No yeah. way. We are not going near Andy Cruz. So we're going to have some fun with it. And, and I, I, don't, I don't do that to use Keyshawn's name because with all due respect, I'll be using Devin's name or, you know, Tiafemo's name or, you know, Tank's name or anybody around 135. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there is history there. There is narrative. I believe we can't lose that fight. Mm. So I am going to make him an offer that's going to make him extremely uncomfortable. (laughs) And I'm going to say, you know, almost to a point where you could actually pay him nothing. We'll come for free and I'll pay. Just stick him on a headline Mm. on ESPN and see what happens. (laughs) But we all know what's going to happen. You know, they'll never take the fight. So we can't base our career back around Keyshaw Davis, especially when he's beaten what, four times? Four Mm. nil in the amateurs and the Olympics. Mm. So, but... This is actually a tougher fight for a- Andy. Like, Zamaripa can move a bit. Like, Straffan in the last fight just came, f- like, he just mm-hmm. w- actually walked Straffan down. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's in reverse, mm-hmm. you know? And. Um,
1: that was impressive. It like was really seeing, impressive. Seeing this the evolution. Be, yeah,
4: that this quickly. will be trickier mm-hmm. because Zamaripa can actually box off the front and back foot. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, many thought people would beat Tashi Fierro in Tier 1. It was a very close fight. So, mm-hmm. we'll see how he looks this Saturday.
1: All right, last thing for you is Edgar Berlanga. Um, Let's start with his last fight. How did you feel about that performance against Jason Quigley?
4: Solid. You know, I mean, you know, he dropped him, didn't he, early in the fight. And if he gets him out of there right then, it's a real statement. Mm-hmm. Ends up going the full distance. Um, drops him again or hurts him badly in, the, I think, the 12th. Been out of the ring for a long time. Um, I think this fight's going to tell us a lot more because I think McCrory is a lot more dangerous than Jason Quigley. Jason Quigley, technically, maybe more sound, certainly a better amateur pedigree, been boxing for longer. But McCrory's big, strong 168. Mm. Quigley was coming up from middleweight. McCrory can really punch. It just comes down to how good he is under that kind of pressure at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm looking for is a spectacular performance because if I'm going to bang from the rooftops, you know, scream and shout for um, him to go on and fight you know, a, a massive fight with Canelo or Munguia, He's got to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's if he makes a statement here, it'll be really explosive because these two will meet in the middle of the ring and they can both really hit. Is it fair
1: to say that an outcome similar to Jason Quigley would be kind of a loss for Eddie Yeah, Boulanger. I think so.
4: I mean, he has to be exciting. You know, listen, uh, McCrory is top five in the world with some governing bodies. So any kind of victory is positive. But for me to be able to really push those mega fights i need a statement for edgar Blanga mm-hmm. in orlando on saturday
1: if canelo moves fights in the pbc universe in his next fight how confident are you that berlanga munguilla will be the next
4: fight for both um yeah to be honest it's such a great natural fight you know i believe it's a 50 50 mexico against puerto rico you and don't for- sound
1: confident that can it be, will no, it be made? I think may?
4: it will, but I think Canelo will may fight Munguia next. Really? Or Belanga. Yeah, I mean, I just don't it all see. it comes back to that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, it all depends on Canelo. But it, look, if Canelo doesn't, it has to be Munguia against Belanga, mm-hmm. you know? And that should be the final eliminator mm-hmm. for Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. But we've got two credible, exciting opponents ready to go on the zone mm-hmm. for Canelo Alvarez. One is Belanga, one is Munguia. But, but Edgar's got to, like I said, make that statement on Saturday to put his name in the hat. Took your kids to Disney World down here, didn't you? Oh, mate, you? I will never. Oh, one's behind me, but I will. Ne- I will never moan about being on my own in a hotel again because having my kids here this week. Listen, it's been a great experience, but wow! Universal <laughs> Studios till about nine o'clock last night, and then and then Benny harner got in about eleven. Wow! Never worked so hard.
1: That is the most American experience you can just possibly. Just stick me get. on a
4: plane to Saudi, and just, I'll, I'll just travel every day. It's a lot easier. Eddie, I appreciate it. Cheers, mate.
1: And when we come back, my conversation with Edgar Berlanga. You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, Edgar. Just finished pre-fight press conference. Anything feel different about this fight?
5: Um, my mentality... <laughs> You know, my mental feels a lot different. I'm, I feel like I had a, a fucking great camp. Sorry for cursing. Nope. I had a great camp. Free to curse here. I had a great camp. Um, so that's why I'm like, I'm happy, man. My weight is good. Camp went amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, for, the, for, for for the I'll say for the first time, mm-hmm. man. Because, you know, a lot of fighters go through a lot in camp, you know, with injuries and, you know, getting sick, you know, because of the immune system and stuff. You know, a lot of real fighters understand it. So, you know, we was injury free. You know sick you know we haven't got sick so you know that's the most important thing i'm just happy man i'm excited you know it is a big weekend for me um orlando this is little puerto rico mm. as i call it um because you know all the puerto ricans mm. moved from puerto rico over mm-hmm. here so it's gonna be a big night man
1: you called orlando your second home this yep. week you feel that way
5: yeah yeah for sure you know um my whole family lives out here my grandmother lives out here <laughs> all my aunts uncles cousins like besides new york i have a lot of family i live out here mm. you know and um and they're Puerto Rican, you <laughs> get what I'm saying? So, you know, it's going to be a lot of flags, a lot of Puerto Rican flags out there tonight, uh, Saturday. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. So when you talk about being
1: injury-free, uh, how banged up have you been going into previous fights, and how do you feel that's affected your performances?
5: Um, you know, first and foremost with the whole, when I tore my bicep with uh, right in uh, Vegas, you know, that, that injury... Uh, t- I tell this to everybody man i don't wish i don't know fighter man like tearing a bicep in a fight the the amount of um you know therapy you have to get on it is insane bro mm-hmm. and it's like if you don't maintain it it'll just get worse and, worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse so you know i'm happy that you know this camp you know for the five months we've been training mm-hmm. we've been attacking that like heavy you know what i'm saying and I'm good, I feel strong, man, Mm. like I feel great, I'm in great spirits, Um, you know, going into camp, you know, you got to understand, like, see the last fight with Quigley, a week and a half before the fight, I blew my hamstring out, Mm. sprinting on the treadmill for my last, you know, set of sprints, Mm. trying to get my, and then with the elbow thing again Mm. and the bicep. so it was like, it was just a lot, bro, and then my weight, so it was like, then I was just getting back with Mark, with my first trainer, so it was like, it was a lot going on, you know, Mm. but I'm, I'm happy that, you know, I came right back, I moved to Tampa, I got out of New York, and I'm here, man. Yep. Blowing a hamstring out sounds like a pretty serious issue. Like, yeah, I mean, was... a lot of
1: athletes, they need to take a lot of time off when something like that. happens.
5: Yeah, in front of Jesus, man. Um, you know, when I when I blew it, I, I was sprinting and I just felt the pull back, mm. boom, and I, I jumped off the treadmill. My dad was screaming at me, "Why the fuck?" Because I felt <laughs> I felt good, bro, and I was sprinting like on 15.0 on the treadmill, mm. so i couldn't walk and i'm like i started panicking I, I caught i had a black and blue on my hamstring in the back of my leg i couldn't run i couldn't do shit bro it was like that whole week and a half close to two weeks it was like bad bro like mm-hmm. we couldn't run we couldn't i couldn't do no step over it was a lot bro i had to do fucking you know treatment therapy every day every twice a day twice mm-hmm. it's like trying to get it right you know
1: did that impact your movement in that fight against Quigley did it yeah. impact how you had to fight?
5: Yeah, a thousand percent. You know, I, like my legs just felt like like cementy after that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you know when you you know you blow a hamstring out, it's, it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not it's not the same. You know, I couldn't even get spawned. I was supposed to spar at least twice, mm-hmm. twice more time after after um, after that happened. I couldn't. Mm-hmm.
1: When you beat Quigley, you beat him convincingly. You knock him down four times. You get a decision. You go twelve rounds for the first time in your career. But. Because of what you accomplished early in your career, whenever you don't get a knockout, people wonder what happened to Edgar Berlanga's power? Is he still that same guy? Could you feel some of that even after the Quigley fight?
5: Uh, yeah, yeah. I felt it well I, I felt it less more, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously I dropped him four times. So, mm-hmm. but you know, people gotta understand like Quigley came in tremendous shape for that fight. He had a game plan too. Yeah, he fought he differently than he fought against Andrew. A thousand percent. Andrew. Anybody like well, The way we we were studying him was, like, different. And, you know, what Andy Lee said, he said, they thought we was going to come in, mm-hmm. like, the old Edgar, and we came in, you know, different. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know every fighter's is going to come in, like, this guy this weekend, you know, Patrick is his biggest fighter of his career. He keeps saying it. This is a life-changing fight. So I know every fighter that I fight feels the same exact way. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we got to be on point. We got to stay 10 toes down. We got to be sharp because, mm-hmm. you know, Anything can happen in boxing in a split second. You know, you get hit with a shot you don't see. Or if you're not training properly because you think, I'm going to walk through this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's easy work. And then shit happens, mm-hmm. you know. So we we, we prep well for each fighter.
1: That 16 fight, first round knockout streak made you a big name early on in your career. But as you look back at it now, was there a, a curse element to it? Because you raised expectations to a completely unrealistic level.
5: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And it's crazy because... My career is crazy, you know. You catch <laughs> first sixteen fights, first round knockouts, and then you go to distance five five times in a row. Um, it's crazy, but um, you know, I need I needed this, and I always say this is God's plan. You know, mm-hmm. It's not my plan? Um, I think everything happens for a reason. Like I truly believe that. Like when God wants certain or for you to go a certain way, He's gonna make everything possible for you to go that way. You know, and I'll I'll leave it in His hands. You know, I didn't lose no power. I didn't lose no stress. <laughs> none of that. You know obviously the the competition got better Mm -hmm. and you know now I'm with Mark and it's it's like now you you can't just go out there just blowing guys out now you gotta look for those shots you gotta use IQ you gotta have that that willpower you have to you have to have that mental you know where to set your shots up Mm -hmm. and land good shots and and get them out of there break them down if you have to and then eventually get them out of there so that's what we've been working on now you know it's a different ball game now you know I'm at that elite level Mm -hmm. where I have to do that you know and how I was fighting before you know That wasn't it. Mm. You know, just going in there and just bombing dudes out. You know, that's not boxing. Mm. So, you know, now, you know, it's a different different time now, you know.
1: Second training camp uh, in a row now working with Mark. Um, What kind of difference has that make, having had him back in your life, back in your career?
5: One is the mental. We always speak about mental. He always pushes me mentally, like, every day. Like, even days, like, when I'm sparring, like, there was a day when I was sparring in this camp, right, and I didn't feel good. And I told them like, in the second round, I was like, yo, Mark. And I had, like, three guys. I had Najee Lopez. I had that railroad saint. And I had a guy named Patrick Oda that lined up. And I looked at them. I was like, we got to do 12 rounds today. I was like, <laughs> fuck. And I didn't feel good at all, bro. And then I'm in the second round in the spawn I'm like, yo, Mark, I don't feel good. He's like, all right. Hmm. You got to push. I'm like, all right. come. Mark was like, yo, we good. Eighth, eight rounds is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I didn't feel good and I stopped him I said nah Mark I gotta do these 12 mm-hmm. let me let me break this shit right even though I don't feel good and obviously cause we in camp cause you got certain days where you are off and you know we push man so that's one of the main things that I have the connection with Mark is that he pushes me mentally you know and then everything else comes after that you mm-hmm. know once your mental's right the boxing becomes easy mm-hmm. you know once you have that mental fortitude and also you know working with his brother Ray for right you know mm-hmm. if you don't know him Ray for right is his brother he was supposed to be the biggest thing coming out of you know new york behind you know mike tyson and you know something happened with him an incident and you know he couldn't box no more but you know i have him in my corner as well and you know he pushes me mentally um you know and uh and then everything comes after that brother
1: the guy you're fighting Patrick McRory. uh i've watched a lot of his fights over the last couple of weeks the in the fights i've seen he's a banger like he comes out especially early on looking to fight are you expecting him to fight that way
5: Oh, of course. You know, he, he has a game plan, you know, and we know that. So, even if he comes out to bang, right, I know that once I touch him or he feels any type of, like, power, mm-hmm. even with the jab, I know his game plan is going to change, you know, even, like, if he tries to come out and fight. But um, a lot of these guys is going to try to come around, move around, you know. He's going to probably try to mix it up a little bit, keep moving, keep moving, using his legs. I feel like he don't have the, the legs that Quigley got. You mm-hmm. know, Quigley had tremendous legs. He doesn't have that because mm-hmm. he relies on that right hand and those uppercuts. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, 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 he's going to get it either way, you know, whether he tries to move around as much as he wants or if he tries to bang. Um, you know, we there for that too. So bite down on, mm-hmm. on our mouthpiece, you know what I'm saying, and just dig deep. And just dig deep and, and break his body down.
1: Everyone knows what you want. You want the big fights. You want Canelo. You want Jaime Munguia. Eddie Hearn just moments ago said, "If you look spectacular in this fight, you deserve a shot against Canelo and May." Canelo, as we speak, does not have an opponent set yeah. for May. Um, do, do you think about that at all when you're preparing for a fight? Does that in your mind about how you're going to fight on Saturday night?
5: Yeah. So, like during camp, you know, I think about everything. You know, these all these fighters and stuff, but. I try to like zone in on my on my fighter, on the guy I'm fighting, because none of that is possible unless I get through this weekend. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And none of this is possible if I don't get it get through this guy in a fashionable way, the way mm-hmm. we want it. You know, superstar status this mm-hmm. weekend. So I gotta look great. I gotta perform. Um, I gotta look like a superstar this mm-hmm. weekend, man. Shine like a bright diamond. You know, shut all the critics up. Mm-hmm. Set everybody up. Put the 168 division on notice call out canelo after we beat this dude you know call out Mugia and just you know mm. and just really turn it up this year what does the superstar performance look like to you in your mind what is a a, a plus performance from you for me you know i know i got heavy hands but it's, it's my boxing ability mm. you know it's through our box great legs mm. you know great jab great head movement great feet you know and just shining and have mm. fun you know once all that then your mind is right your mental is right Sky's the limit, Mm -hmm. man, and that's what I mean about superstar status, you know what I'm saying? Like going there and just shine, Mm -hmm. going there and just show and prove everything that I've been fighting for 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 the last 20 years, since I was seven years old, you know, make it out, come to display Mm -hmm. this weekend.
1: And this is you at 100%, right? Like yeah. No no physical issues coming in for the first time in a long
5: time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel good, man. You know, I'm, I'm happy. Um, you know, this weekend's a big, a big weekend. Um, superstar status, mm-hmm. I keep saying, man. Superstar status, superstar status mm-hmm. this weekend. All right. Edgar, good luck to you, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Okay.
1: That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Eddie Hearn and Edgar Berlanga for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And
0: I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. I go sleep. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.